the, uh, the technology was a big deal for us, but more to the manufacturing point. Sorry if this is extremely long-winded. Let me take a drink. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Welcome to Manufacturing Happy Hour, the podcast where we get real about the latest trends and technologies impacting modern manufacturers. Manufacturing Happy Each week, we interview industry experts that are at the top of their craft and give you the tools, tactics and strategies you need to take your career and your business to the next level. And now your host, Chris Lukey. Hey, what's up, folks? And welcome to another bonus episode of Manufacturing Happy Hour. Today, we're going to be talking about smart manufacturing in the brewing industry. This was actually taken from another one of our virtual happy hours that we do with our manufacturing happy hour industry community. And it's actually going to be in two parts. Specifically, this part's gonna be more of a fireside chat portion that I have with a panel of experts in the brewing industry. And part two is going to be Q and A with the rest of our community. Now, to give you some more context for our conversation today, I actually co-hosted this with my friend, Steve Grundy, who is the founder and CEO of Top 5 Solutions that represents some of the best companies in the industrial brewing space. Anything from brew houses and fermentation tanks to more of the automation and the digital solutions behind brewing. Steve helped me pull together a great crew of panelists, including a rockstar controls engineer, a brewmaster, and a former engineering director at Molson Coors. I'll get you introduced to the rest of the panel in just a moment, but first, what are the three things you can expect from today's episode? Well, first, we're going to provide some definition around smart manufacturing and the specific technologies for the brewing industry. Next, we're going to talk about some of the trends and how those impact manufacturing in this space and the need for flexibility. Finally, we're going to talk about sustainability in the brewing industry and the things that brewers are doing to either lower their carbon footprint, lower their amount of water usage. We'll cover the gamut there. Now, as I mentioned, we recorded this during one of our virtual happy hours or one of our industry community calls. And if you want to be a part of some of the best and brightest folks in the manufacturing industry, you want to join this group. You can do that by requesting access at manufacturinghappyhour.com community. If you're listening to this show, I will approve you right away. This community is a LinkedIn group. We have over 200 professionals in this group at the time of this recording, and it's the easiest way to stay up to date about events and virtual happy hours like this one. Again, you can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash community. All right, enough with the intro. I need to get you introduced to our panelists today. So let's jump right in to this conversation. I always say at the start of these calls, I could talk about beer all day because that's usually how our conversations start. But today, I mean it because that is the focus of our happy hour this week. We're going to be talking about smart manufacturing and digital transformation in the brewing industry. So um, as we, we many of you have been on these calls before where we do a fireside chat style format where for about 15 minutes, um, it'll be myself and the co-hosts discussing the topic. We'll queue up a couple questions and then we'll open it up to an open discussion. If our group stays this size or under 20 as we have more people filing in, we'll probably just keep it in this crew today rather than going to the breakout rooms. 
But as we get rolling, if you have any questions that come up since the, the Q&A is the big part of this, feel free to put them in the chat feature so that way we can kind of keep those organized and start addressing them after the fireside chat portion is done. And with that, I want to introduce our guests for this week. So we have an impressive lineup from the brewing industry, starting with Steve Grundy, who's the founder and CEO of Top 5 Solutions. Uh, we have Connor McDonald, uh, who is an automation and information solutions engineer with McRae Integration out of Toronto. Uh, we have Stephen Rich, the director of innovation and education at Cowbell Brewing, also in Ontario. Cheers. And uh, finally, we have Nicholas Chan, who is the principal owner of Iconic Project Group. So a number of people that have a diverse range of insights and experience in the beer industry. And we're going to kick it off with the same question that we always do. And Steve, this one's for you. So let's say you and I, for, uh, you know, for the sake of um, the group we have on here today, let's say we're hanging out at Cowbell Brewing um, and we're kicking it over a drink. We're having a conversation someone comes up and asks you, it's like, you know, Steve, I hear about smart manufacturing all the time. And, you know, since we're talking beer today, what is, what does smart manufacturing mean for the brewing industry? How do you describe it to someone if you're having a drink with them at a bar in simplest terms? <laughs> Without being boring about it? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think the way I would answer that is, um, you know, you, you look at what everybody's trying to do at work, right? Whether you're in the brewing industry or you're in any kind of manufacturing industry, we're all being challenged to do more with less and, you know, to, to get, to get more out of the things, out of the inputs, right. To get, to get more outputs, to get better yield, to get better quality, to get, you know, whatever you're being measured on. And the only way you can do that, you know, to be better, right. Whatever better means is you need to make better decisions and you need to make them quicker. Mm -hmm. And you, the only way that you can do that is if you get, you've got better information and in brewing, um, you know, again, like any manufacturing industry, you've got machines and you've got, you know, production processes and you've got technology. So really it's about how do you interact with those machines and those processes and that technology to extract information that gives you insights that you otherwise couldn't get about performance, about quality, about, again, whatever you're measuring. Um, and to be able to, to consume it in a context that, that's meaningful that allows you to respond to it and, and to be a better partner to your, you know, to your colleagues, right. To, to mm -hmm. deliver what you're supposed to deliver, um, you know, to, to your team and to your customers and, you know, to the ecosphere that you operate. To me, that's what it, that's what it's all about. Well, a lot of important insights there. Um, and to get a little more specific, Connor, I believe the next question I have is for you really more around kind of the technology side about that. So Steve gave a great, example around having the information, having the data to allow folks to make, you know, better, higher quality beer and serve their, their client base better. You know, what are like some of the, the technologies that allow people to do exactly what Steve is describing, whether that's throughput related, whether that's quality related, can you give us some insights to that for the brewing industry? It depends what you already have in your brewery. Um, if you've got a lot of independent OEMs that have come in and put like little HMIs on their, on their skids, then the first step is like making everything centralized, collecting all that data into like one location so that like a competent controls engineer and a competent brewer can go through it and figure out where your bottlenecks are. Um, if you've got a higher level of automation with your devices, then you're, you have a lot more information coming from sensors and feedback on all of your motors and valves. And we can kind of bring all of that into a central location as well. And we can start putting together 
reporting per batch, per brew, and figure out where the deviation happens from one brew to another, another as soon as it happens rather than at the quality control at the end. Mm-hmm. So there are some bleeding edge type of products coming out from Rockwell that are all artificial intelligence and they can detect deviations in your process through like learning over time. But all of it, it just all starts with data. So having the sensors out in the field, like density sensors on your runoff and temperature sensors on every pipe you have, that's where it really starts. So it's about having the data. Do you have any, I guess, examples that you can point to of where you took a brewery that was, you know, managing their brewing process manually, maybe writing it down on clipboards to something that became more automated and you don't necessarily need to name names um, if that's confidential, but if you do have examples, we'd love to hear them. There was a uh, a brewery brewery out on the West coast where they really wanted to get the max throughput that they Mm -hmm. wanted. And their objective was to go to increase their throughput from, I think they were doing eight brews uh, a week and, or was it eight brews a day? Um, we got them up to 11 and a half just by making sure that the operators are like kept constantly busy. So we took a lot of the, the manual steps and the manual acknowledgements for the process to move on. We just got rid of all of the acknowledgements and they said, look, if we're, if we're within this range, move on. Um, and we did it with very little hardware and we upgraded their system very little, and we just got rid of some of the the waiting that the system was doing, and we almost doubled their productivity, which is insane. Yeah, I was going to say going from you said eight to eleven and a half, and and regardless of that metric is per day per week. That's an impressive increase by any standard. Mm-hmm. You know, by the way, for any of the the other panelists we have, if you do have insights, feel free to raise your glass and and chime in. But I do have questions for for each of you as we go through this. So. Nick, actually, I'd, I'd love to ask you a question next. Um, as I understand, you're the former director of engineering at uh, Molson Coors Canada. And, you know, one of the things we'd like to talk about on this show are not only technologies, but also trends. And trends in the beverage industry are huge. And I think people see like craft brewers keeping up with them pretty quickly. But how does, it, whether it's a big brewery or small brewery, keep up with new trends and have that flexibility when a new beverage, whether it's hard seltzer, just a new type of craft beer becomes the next big thing. Well, you know, we've been, we've been talking about this for probably the last, you know, decade, decade and a half, you know, Uh, basically the days of, you know, people having their, their go-to beer, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, where they wear it like a badge of honor Mm -hmm. and that single brand, those days are gone. You know, the next, the new generation, has what I believe is what we call is a portfolio of brands. Okay. So they have different beers, different drinks for the different occasion. So if you're hanging, if you're out watching a game at the sports bar with your friends, you know, you're going to, you're going to choose, you know, certain beers. If you're out for a, you know, taste at dinner and pairing, you're going to pick a different set of drinks depending on your different occasions. So what we see now today is probably a portfolio of brands and drink types based on the occasion. So, mm-hmm. and that's probably about five to seven, you know, that you're going to choose from depending on what occasion that you're, you're trying to, what, that you're attending. 
and that's the challenge that we have today. Do you know what I mean? So we talk about automation. You know, we just, you know, over the last five years, I think we've spent, you know, significant amounts of capital upgrading facilities across the country here in Canada in order to be more flexible, more agile. You know, talk about, you, you mentioned earlier, you asked uh, Steve the question on, you know, what does smart manufacturing mean for beer? You know, what I've taken away from it in, in my, you know, decade plus experience with, with Molson Coors is really is, is trying to bring the, you know, the best quality beer, which is all everything that we just talked about, the sensors, the technology, the training and the people, but the speed to market, you know, mm. the, the fresher the beer, the better tasting the beer, you know, so if you can brew it and get it into your customer's hands as quickly as possible within days and weeks, it's going to taste much better than, you know, having it sit on a ship, you know, coming mm -hmm. across the ocean for weeks on end, you know. So I think that is where the opportunity is in the brewing industry to be more flexible. Because, again, to, to make brew only one beer and sell only one beer there's only a handful of guys out there that do it really well. Most of them are in green bottles today, you know, but besides that, you know, you got to come, you got to come to the table with a portfolio. Do you, do you maybe have an example from your experience about how you managed that flexibility? Cause I, I completely agree. I'm all about having my golf course beer versus my like right before bed type beer versus the beer I'm pairing with, you know, whether it's chicken steak, I mean, I've got my portfolio ready to go, but how does, how does a manufacturer make sure they're able to make those switches versus, you know, back in the day when a macro brewer would have probably been very focused on just being able to make as much of their flagship beer as possible well you know it's it's we, we've been leaning let's say if you're a, if you're a larger or medium to large size brewer it's going to be really in the technology right you know and i think the, for the smaller brewers it's adoption of those key technologies to get you mm -hmm. there so how do you move from one brand to another you know how do you predict plan forecast differently using you know, whether it's AI in the, you know, in the upcoming or IOT to be able to give you different feedbacks and quickly, but really the, it's going to be is how do you go from brand to brand, you know, beer to beer, sh shorter runs, you know, be more responsive mm -hmm. to the customer. That's going to be where technology and, you know, we, I used to say it's either, it's, it's simple. It's people process and then systems. Yep. Right. And that's where, you know, if we talk about really is smart brewing today mm -hmm. is, you know, how do you be more reactive, you know, and, and make your brewery dance in different ways that uh, you didn't imagine it could be do before. I think that's a, a great answer. And it kind of goes back to what Connor was saying about the project he was working on, where they uh, helped a brewery go from eight different beers to 11 and a half different beers in a given time period. Definitely some great insights there. We're going to bring it back around. I've got one for, um, I should yeah, I should say, Stephen Rich. I'm sorry, I have I've, I should make sure I'm saying Steve Grundy versus Steve Rich so you know who I'm calling on. But, um, you know, with Cowbell, I have heard that you guys have done some impressive things around sustainability. And sustainability is a big topic in the manufacturing industry in general. And I think when people do think of particularly 
um, whether it's a craft brewery or a large brewery, they do associate breweries as being a manufacturer that's kind of on the forefront of looking at sustainability efforts. Um, how does that tie in to what you're doing at Cowbell these days and maybe the industry in general as you see it? It's an exciting question, Chris. Um, I actually want to step back for one second, address your, your previous question to Nick. Sure. Um, and just it's, it's one thing that I see from my perspective in the small to medium sized craft industry, more so than, um, you know, the large national size craft, uh, beer industry. Um, whether you're building a brewery from the get go or you're just planning your equipment, when you're thinking about, um, where innovation is going to go in the future, where it's going to go six months from now, two years from now, six years from now. Uh, like your question to Nick was, how do you stay flexible? How do you stay nimble? Uh, one of the biggest things that we try to do when building Cowbell, and I always try to help guide friends or colleagues that are also building breweries or thinking about how to evolve their breweries, is everywhere possible, remove limitations. Right in a craft brewery, in a in a large macro brewery as well, um, there's going to be so many individual small and large points of manufacturing that are going to provide limitations for you. And some are really simple. For example, uh, when Cowbell built, we knew we were building a production facility, so we installed 150 hectoliter uh, cylinder conical fermenters, which is very large to a craft brewery scale. Uh, but we knew that we wanted the ability to uh, brew one-off batches, um, test different styles of beers, different flavors, and 150 hectoliters of beer, that's uh, it's far too much beer to do a one-off. Uh, that's a production scale. So in our 150 hectoliter tanks, we designed the glycol jacketing system so that we can independently control the three different inlet and outlet sets of glycol so we can cool 50 hex, 100 hex, mm. or the whole 150. And therefore, in any of our tanks, we can brew single batches, just doing 50 hex, which will get us about 800 cases. And so we have enough beer to trial in the market. Or we can, of course, kick it into double or triple batches, which would be full production. So really, really basic things like that when you're not just designing a brewery or any production facility for that matter from scratch or thinking about how your facility is going to evolve into the future. I think it's really important to consider limitations and how can you eliminate them uh, everywhere possible. Uh, so thank you for that. With respect to sustainability, that one was a big one for us at Cowbell and it's a big one for beer. And I'm going to address the final point in your question is where does the brewing industry stand in general with this? Most people don't realize how much water it takes to make this glass of beer. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, if you were to ask the guy standing next to you in the bar, how many pints of water do you think it took to make that pint of beer? I mean, I ask this question all the time at beer dinners and events and you get anywhere from one to a million. Well, it, it's still 10 pints of water on average to make one pint of beer in the craft brewing industry. 10 to one, that is an insane amount of water to make mm -hmm. a single pint of beer. This is uh, perhaps less of a challenge with larger breweries that can rely on economies of scale uh, and utilize technologies to really maximize efficiency out of their production. But it is tough with small craft brewers. So 
knowing that, knowing that it's possible to do better and also kind of harnessing where we are, our home and place. We're in a rural Huron County in a village of 1,005 people surrounded by farmers. Um, you know, our, our, our founder, Stephen Sparling, says to us all the time, the farmers are the true stewards of the land. They recognize that if they don't take care of the land, they'll not the following year grow crops, uh, sell crops, feed their family, have a farm, et cetera. So we, we took it upon ourselves to uh, be true stewards of the land. So we attacked it in a few different ways. Uh, water reduction uh, is a huge one for us. Uh, energy consumption reduction, energy reduction is another one. Uh, mm -hmm. And then as well, almost reconstitution. We're fortunate to be involved in a, a ground up build. So not everyone has these capabilities, but it came down to uh, planning, research, uh, working with the right people and technology. So we pull water from our own well. Uh, so we're never sapping uh, the community system. Uh, we brew beer with uh, our water. We clean tanks with our water. Uh, we run, you know, the facilities with the water. And then 100% of the waste from 100% of the effluent from the facility, the 200-seat uh, restaurant, the offices, the brewery production, uh, mm -hmm. all of that effluent is processed on-site in a wastewater treatment plant uh, and then uh, distributed back into the land through gray water, uh, which eventually, you know, goes through the land and then into the uh, rocks and then into the aquifer and we pull it one day again and we brew with it. So uh, we built this closed loop system so that we'd never be contributing um, impact uh, to the local system. Mm -hmm. So that was a big deal for us. But I think that's a bit abstract when you talk to most breweries building in cities and even most people talking about sustainability. I think what's really more important is reduction in water mm -hmm. and energy. They, they go hand mm -hmm. in hand. Mm -hmm. um, but then also, uh, how, can you, how can you reconstitute some of that carbon footprint? Um, the carbon footprint for us is, is very simple. It's, uh, it's planting trees, planting a lot of trees. So I think to date we've planted over uh, 25,000 trees on 17 acres of land. And uh, breweries can do really, really beautiful things. Like at the end of every year, uh, we can calculate what is the carbon footprint from all of the malt deliveries that we get to Cowbell. Uh, all of our delivery drivers driving around to different cities in Ontario. All of our territory managers driving around to LCBO's licensees grocery stores in Ontario. It's so easy to calculate the carbon footprint of all of those parameters and then plant the trees. Plant the trees at your brewery, plant the trees uh, at some, you know, at parks in the cities that you deliver beer to. It's, it's really easy to do that. But more to the manufacturing point, sorry if this is extremely long-winded, let me take a drink. <laughs> You're good. You're good. <laughs> the, um, the, uh, the technology was a big deal for us. And, um, you know, we were fortunate to work with Steve Grundy, who, um, who believed in our vision of a more sustainable future in brewing. Mm -hmm. And we did a lot of little things. One of the things that we did was we installed a rectification technology on our boil kettle. Essentially what this does, it allows us to reduce our boiling time, which is one of the vital processes in brewing, uh, reduce it from an average of 90 minutes to 30 minutes. 
So we're reducing our evaporation rate, our loss of product from about 8% down to we're under 2%, which if you asked any brewer, uh, you know, what is a safe range for evaporation, which is generally very important in brewing, uh, they'd say six to 8%, 2% they'd think you're crazy. Um, but we're able to achieve 2%, which means we save about 500 liters of water every single brew. Uh, and because we're boiling for 30 minutes and not 90 minutes, that's also less energy consumption going to heat the steam generator to create that boil. So we're saving a lot of energy right there in that process. CIP and um, smart manufacturing throughout the entire process is another big deal, making sure that we're not unnecessarily dumping chemical um, you know, if the chemical is still good, still, you know, seeing good conductivity and we continue using it, any, any smart CIP system should understand that you can continue to reuse that cleaning chemical uh, or sanitizing. Um, Quick uh, acronym check, CIP. Just want to make sure everyone's got that one. Thank you. Clean in place. So we generally use clean in place and uh, sanitize in place. So uh, at Cowbell, we have automated skid mounted systems that can uh, properly dose either caustic chemical or sanitizing chemical into our incoming water feed. Uh, and then we recirculate through our tanks. So you are cleaning a tank over there mm -hmm. with a piece of equipment over here. So you're cleaning it in place instead of physically scrubbing that tank, which would be a pain in the butt. Great description. Um, that's just another simple example of where we're saving water, where we're saving energy, but also where we're saving time and productivity. And that, that basic theory, um, you know, kind of to Connor's point earlier of um, an automation system, a computer system that understands what your production parameters are so that you're not wasting time, wasting energy, wasting chemicals, so that you're going through all of your processes very mm -hmm. efficiently. And then there's also, you know what, I always get back to this one, a couple really basic things that every brewery should think about is floors, man. Floors are a big deal um, and cleaning floors. Um, a brewery should be treated like a food processing facility. Uh, we're making a beverage that people consume. Like this is food. Uh, it's food in a delicious, delicious, wonderful form. And so floors have to be super clean. The entire facility has to be really clean. But anyone that's taken a brewery tour in a small craft brewery, I'm sure has seen brewers um, taking a hose to the ground to clean off spilled hops, yeast, beer, whatever. It happens. Spills are inevitably part of the brewing process. But what we've done is instead of standing there with a hose, wasting water and time and productivity, um, trying to get rid of that is, we sloped all of our floors to trench drains or specific spot drains. That's not uncommon. That should happen everywhere. But we invested in a really beautiful tile called Argolith tile, which is a hexagonal tile that's designed uh, to be anti-slip and antiseptic. So things don't grow on it. It's uh, it, like I said, anti-slip. So it's very safe, but it's also high shear. And so water runs off of it very easily. In conjunction with that, we designed the layout of the plant so that it is always easier for a brewer to get to a squeegee than it is a hose. And we also invested in not Canadian tire squeegees, uh, get good squeegees. 
if your brewers are enthused to use the squeegees, when there's a spill on the floor, if it's easy to get to the squeegee, if it's easy to use the squeegee and easy to do the clean, they'll squeegee first for 25 seconds and then give a quick five second rinse instead of standing there for two minutes, just holding the hose. All that stuff makes a really big deal. And so now Cowbell is under four to one water to beer. Uh, four to one was generally um, the world-class standard set by the Brewers Association in the U.S. Uh, I think we're pretty close to being under three to one right now. Uh, and we keep making harder and harder targets for ourselves. And so we're always looking for technological means to achieve these goals. But a lot of it is in, in thinking about it. You have to think about it. You have to want to do it. Um, and, then, and then you do need the team uh, to believe in it as well from the top to the bottom. I hope that answers your question. So a lot, a lot of info there. I see Steve giving the thumbs up. Steve, I've got a question going back to you also. <laughs> I, I, I was just going to say, I mean, he's coming back to what Nick was saying, right? It's really about people, processes, and Nick said systems, but the Rockwell adage was people, processes, technology. Yep. And, and I think that that's, that's, that's ubiquitous, right? I loved how he, he punctuated that point. Absolutely. And I love, ta- you know, I think there were some unique things there where you mentioned the rural area. It's a different place than if you were doing it in a city. So you had to come up with some of your own solutions um, for your closed loop system. You talked about lowering your carbon footprint, figuring out what your carbon footprint is and offsetting that with tree planting. A lot of initiatives I think we see across the beer industry there. Um, and then some specific examples around the flooring as well too, and tying it all back to your water usage. So great answer. I want to give the group a chance to answer some questions. So if you want to fill out the chat with any questions that you have that haven't been answered yet, use this time Hey, thanks for listening. And a big thanks to Steve, Connor, Nick, and Steven for leading us in today's conversation. I won't say too much since we still have part two coming with the Q&A section, but if you would like to attend live sessions like this in the future, make sure you sign up for the Manufacturing Happy Hour industry community. This group lives on LinkedIn. There are over 200 awesome manufacturing professionals in this group, and it only continues to grow. To get there, make sure you go to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash community to get taken right to that group. I'll approve you for access right away. If you're interested in diving deeper into the smart manufacturing topics that we're talking about in brewing, I have created a beer industry resource page over at manufacturinghappyhour.com. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash brewing, and that also will give you a chance to connect with all the panelists we featured on today's show and that's it for this week because we do have the second half of this episode coming right up in the meantime stay innovative stay thirsty we'll see you back here on manufacturing happy hour real soon cheers thanks for listening to manufacturing happy hour powered by the industrial network